Ain't No Shame in Our Game, Part 2. It's Episode 28 of For Our Edification. Thank you for downloading this episode of For Our Edification. You can check out For Our Edification wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out past episodes at eddiefrancis.com. Make sure that you download those episodes and you rate them, you share with friends, and give us some feedback too. We'd love to get your feedback. Okay. Halim and I had a great conversation going about there being no shame in the struggle. This is part two of the conversation. Let's jump right back in. The views and opinions expressed on For Our Edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. No, it makes sense, though. And it makes sense because I I remember the first time I remember the first time I talked to somebody. And I was standing in, in in a room with him and he was the leader. He was the leader. He was the, he was the school principal. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in a room with him at his school and stuff was just off kilter and the students were all over the place. And he goes, I operate best in chaos. And I was like, yeah, but look at them. They, they're not operating well in chaos, you know, so mm-hmm. Stop making it about you. You need to take you need to stop and take a look at what's happening around you because this is not good what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And I and I have this thing. I mean, I, <laughs> me with me with my narcissism study, but I mean, one of the things, one of the things, people who are self-absorbed, they they like chaos. And I think one of the reasons they like chaos is 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 as good it's as good an opportunity as any for them to do the things that they want to do because mm-hmm. everybody else is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And this really does tie into the topic because if you're somebody who is struggling with yourself, like if you're struggling mm-hmm. with some kind of feeling of guilt or shame, and you're in a chaotic environment and you can't focus on your, you know, you just can't focus on what's really happening and you can't be present in the moment, mm-hmm. then chaotic environments can be environments can be really harmful because every time something doesn't go right, you start asking yourself, Oh, what did I just do? Why, what, what, you know, or, or why are they blaming everything on me or some, and people may not be blaming anything on mm-hmm. somebody who feels that way, but if it's in, if, if the ball is in their, you know, if the ball is in their vicinity and it's bouncing all over the place, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and you know, and I've been, I, I'm going to say that I have been in this space before where I felt guilty or shameful about my work, thinking I wasn't doing good enough. And I was in a chaotic environment and I was getting frustrated with myself because I couldn't stop the ball from bouncing. Right. But the reality of the fact is that I was dealing with a bunch of people who like to bounce balls all over the damn place. And <laughs> they did it because it was fun for them. And you're sitting there going, this may be fun for you, but this isn't fun for me. And I can't stop and think. I can't stop and think long enough to pull myself together and to do with the job that needs to get done because I'm constantly trying to figure out if it's my fault or, and and the other thing is that if, if I, I've been in this space where I wanted to hold myself accountable and the pendulum swung into shame and, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going, no, 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 I should be, I should be, I should have some kind of control of this situation. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality, the, the, the thing that I've had time to reflect on is there people who like chaotic environments don't necessarily care who needs 
who needs time and space to have self-control because they're they're, like i said they're having fun bouncing the balls all over the place you know Mm -hmm. and they're just like you know, like and I, gremlins. <laughs> and I, I have a little bit of a different well, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I have a another, I think another perspective. So Ooh, if you that? if if you if you go into so if you go into a, a room that's junky and chaotic and clothes all over the place and um there are things you can't see. Right. right. So right. you can't see the floor because it's clothes covering the floor. You can't see and and thereby you may not be able to see a stain on the floor. So I, I do think that sometimes when there are spaces that are um, overly chaotic or people who operate in a space of constant chaos, um, it can also hide some significant vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. It can hide some some areas of weakness it can hide some things that that need to be strengthened and oh, you know, so you're saying people, you're saying that they're also they also may be trying to hide something they might be trying to oh uh, okay okay to, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, but they might be yeah. trying to protect or hide something yeah yeah okay um, that makes sense. and and you know when you're so i've, I've worked in the nonprofit sector um and and of course colleges and universities and um the most chaotic times I I would notice in in nonprofit organizations um, are around fundraising initiatives. So when a grant is due, a big grant is due, mm-hmm. um, when a report is due that's tied to some funding, um, when a board meeting is coming up. So there are these points where there are these accountability points is, is what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. And Everybody will be looking for everything and we got to hurry up and we got to da, 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 da. And it's like a fever pitch yeah. and you can feel it. And you can't, one, you can't possibly, and your team can't possibly be as thoughtful as they need to be to perform at peak efficiency mm-hmm. when it's chaotic like that in those high stress moments. So you're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to overlook something. You're bound to struggle um, to to perform and get things done. And it it can distract or take away from what the what the infrastructure challenges might be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the issue might be we need a system that makes sure that all the information that we need is there, you know, at the touch of a button, we can access it. We should have tracked the the data better. We should have analyzed the data better throughout the process. And then we wouldn't have to deal with this. And so following the chaos. So I, you know, I talk about a chaos clock that, and we, we joke about this, but (laughs) I I I completely forgot about the chaos clock. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. So I've observed Golly. this in situations that it's a cycle. Like it is mm-hmm. it's, it's like the chaos, the the fever pitch, the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. We get through it. And then there's this kind of slump of okay, we gotta go into either recovery or there's a period of like heavy shame and heavy just heaviness. Um yeah. where, where yeah. no one is feeling good about themselves. Because though we got through the moment of chaos and though we got through the chaotic situation, 
um, we didn't show up in the best way that we could have shown up. So it produces kind of this ongoing kind of ugly cycle of I feel bad about myself or I feel bad for who I am Mm -hmm. or I feel inadequate Mm -hmm. or I feel like I can't do to situations where I can't be positioned to thrive or I'm not positioned to thrive. So I think about that and and it's particularly relevant for um, the field that I teach in is public administration to recognize the culture of your organizations. Yeah. And the so does your culture have a culture that empowers? Is it a culture that constantly seeks to um bring the best out of people? Hmm. Is it a culture that is constantly looking to um to um, give people the skills that they need to do the best that they that they can possibly do. Um, are you the type of leader that is that is advancing a culture that um, that seeks to remove barriers? So mm-hmm. I consider a, a significant part of my job to remove barriers for the people who work for me. Mm-hmm. That that was something I had to really begin to understand as a responsibility. And once I start removing barriers as much as I can, so I get them training if they need training, um, if they need uh, more time to do things that they have to do, I figure out ways to remove things from their schedule <laughs> um, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and look at how the workflow and the workload is distributed. If they, um, if there's a particular area where I see they have a talent and they can thrive, I put them in that situation where they can thrive because, you know, er- everything is not everybody's ministry. So, you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't put your team in situations where they um, the likelihood of them not doing well is increased. Right. You, you try to right. find ways for them to do well. And, you know, this this goes back to that that ethos of, of or that the issue of shame. So if your organization has this ethos of of um punitive shameful mm-hmm. guilty like all of those negative things that embeds your work and it embeds what you produce and yeah and and, know, and the concept of accountability becomes weaponized becomes as opposed weaponized and, 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 and as opposed, opposed to accountability being used to just keep everybody on track <laughs> right exactly like account yes keeping everybody on track and and so the same conversations I have with within my work, I have with myself mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I have goals and I have dreams and I have things that I want to achieve. And I, I just fundamentally believe that um, being putting putting myself and putting those around me in positions where they can thrive and excel um, it it just it it makes for a better operations personally, and it makes for better operations of organization. Yeah, and it, and you know it's um it's really it, it is really fascinating to <laughs> it really is fascinating you know when you when you take a look at organizations that are used to operating in chaos, you know, and mm-hmm. not to pick on them, but I've worked at three HBCUs. And one of the unfortunate mm-hmm. things about HBCUs is that a lot of them are used to working in chaos. And mm-hmm. 
is you know is is lack of is lack of resources because of underfunding or whatever else is going on so you usually have one person trying to handle so many different types of tasks and then you know in new orleans you know dillard suno xavier those three get hit with a natural disaster and mm. then it's it's you know and and the thing is that unfortunately those three hbcus have to live every single year with the with the distinct possibility that they're going to hit get hit hard mm-hmm. and now you can add and of course it's not just those three because you got Bethune Cookman Florida Memorial um and and um and uh uh FAMU, although not yeah. so, not so much FAMU sometimes, but because of their locations, Bethune-Cookman and Floor Memorial, they live with the same thing with hurricanes. And so, mm-hmm. and Bethune-Cookman got hit really bad last year. Right. Yep. And so what happens in those situations, is that, and, and I've seen this, you're already operating in chaos because everything is an emergency. Mm-hmm. And the people in the organization and is not being done deliberately, but the people in the organization are getting beaten up and Mm -hmm. it's not that somebody is beating them up. The situations are beating them up. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I remember, you know, telling somebody who was new to one of the institutions, you know, they were just, they were just, you know, just raring and ready to go. And I'm like, listen, you know, we have to do this natural disaster thing every single year. The possibilities slow down because you're going to need that energy when when it hits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the but and those of us who had been through it, we knew how to save our energy and we yeah. knew how, how to slow ourselves down, slow our breathing down, slow our mm-hmm. thinking down. We knew how to do that. I mean, you know, I just remember watching when I was at Dillard, watching the team perform after Hurricane Ida, mm-hmm. you know, and watching, you know, um, you know, the 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 um, uh, the vice president uh, who was the who was the vice president of enrollment at the time, you know, my dear friend, brother David Page, you know, he was sitting in his car mm-hmm. on a, on a call. His power was out. Mm-hmm. And he's having to take this call in his car and he's he's on this uh, virtual town hall meeting answering questions in his car on his phone. Mm-hmm. His battery is going down, but he was as cool as he could be, you know, and and it, and it was at that. And I already like I mean, he's my friend. I already like David, but I really admired him in that moment mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there going, how many people can do that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just watching how everybody else on the team was just so graceful in how they handled everything that came along with Ida and the and the uh, aftermath of Ida, you know. But if you have people who every time one little thing happens, they <laughs> they turn up <laughs> when one little thing happens, then you know you already have these people on your team who are vulnerable just by mm-hmm. nature of being at that institution. They're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that all this stuff happens, just a just an everyday, you know, thing might happen, or something worse, like active shooter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then what happens in those kinds of situations is that if you have people in the environment who are unfortunately used to beating themselves up, they're used to feeling guilty mm-hmm. and ashamed then it doesn't do them any favors 
And what winds up happening is that they wind up looking to the leaders for security, you know, and they're mm -hmm. just, you know, they're looking, I, I was a director at the time. My team was looking at me to say, it's going to be all right. We're going to get okay. through this. We're going to get yeah. through this. And what I used to always tell my team was, this is rough. What I need y'all to do is I need you to rest <laughs> when it's time to Take rest. Take care of yourself. I need you to rest because mm -hmm. we're going to have to get back up tomorrow morning and we're going to have to hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. do it all over again. And we're going to have yeah. to do it all over again. So between eight and five, we are going to have to work hard and it is going to be aggravating. And we're going to have to work probably until 9 p.m. When it's over, I need you to rest, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, I found I found that one of the questions, I'm sorry, but I found that one of the questions that was really hard for them to answer back mm -hmm. to your point. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that was hard for my team to answer was what barriers can I remove? Because they had never mm -hmm. had anyone ask them that question. Um, and I and I had to actually un had to help them understand what I meant by that, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because I just didn't want them to feel I didn't want them to feel bad if something didn't go right. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and last thing, the, the unfortunate thing about working in marketing and communications is that when something doesn't go right, everybody sees it. Yeah. And so I felt that I had to protect my team a lot of times and say, Hey, listen, if we mess up, it's going to happen because we're human beings. But if we mess up, we're going to have to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and start all over again and correct it and move. And that's mm -hmm. just it. And we're going to have to leave that mistake behind. And, mm -hmm. and we don't need to blame each other. We don't need to blame ourselves. We can hold ourselves accountable for doing better, but we don't need to turn this into, dang it, why can't we do anything right? You know, that's yeah. that's the place I didn't want my team to go ever. Yeah. And and playing the the blame game and um, you're right that the the shame and the the guilt piece it does it straps energy like it it just saps energy yeah. from people um especially in moments where you need to be present and and sometimes it, it gets so it gets debilitating like you I was reading an article um I was no we were talking to someone um um who talked about a friend of theirs who um was a, a firefighter in uh, 9-11 and mm. and they happened not to be at work that day or something happened where their team responded to to 9-11 and they weren't there and that person still today lives with the guilt of the lives that were lost because they weren't there mm. and they you know they survivor's guilt survivor's guilt right yeah. so that is um that happens in, in multiple contexts and you know it happens in our in our personal lives like we we carry guilt about what we we <laughs> we we lose things and we get <laughs> we carry guilt about losing things <laughs> um the, the the inside joke is that i lost something recently and i was pretty upset about losing it <laughs> but yeah go ahead <laughs> And and uh, we we make mistakes and um, we carry guilt about that and it becomes mm. shame and and the key though is to to reset to to bounce back to 
to recognize uh, what could have been done better and and build on that so that you are built so the next time this decision point comes you have a basis that you you better equip yourself with either the language or the tools or the the processes to do it better next time so then you know corrective action doesn't become the punitive you didn't do this right conversation mm-hmm. becomes, how do we do this better next time yeah. what tools do you need to do this better next time this the mm-hmm. outcome was not the outcome that i wanted it wasn't the outcome that's up to the standard of our work but what do we need to do to do it better next time because this is going to happen again we're going to experience this again you know, you're, if you're working in a space where um, there are things like you can, at this point, you can count on that, some kind of a natural disaster happening again. Mm, yeah. So how next time can we, and this is, this is a concept of learning organizations. You, you do the same thing as an individual. So you learn as a person, how do you do it better next time? You learn as an organization, how do you do it better next time? Um, you and you structure processes and um, give yourself resources and tools to make sure that the next time you don't you you don't sap energy from people by putting them in that loop. Um, and then there's there's the issue of fatigue. Like fatigue is real. There were people. I mean, I heard about it. All of us heard about it during COVID, where they were just tired. Like <laughs> they. And they couldn't really find the space to 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 be still and to give themselves rest and um you know to to take a break and and we are human we're not robots um so we need that space we need time to recuperate I like there's this I've I've been following on on Instagram for a while the the nap ministry um. I I love the nap ministry. <laughs> I'm a faithful tithing member of the nap ministry. <laughs> but it's it is it's a concept of 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 really um giving yourself space and room to rest, um, to rejuvenate, um, and, and also to dream and to 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 envision because you it one of the things I would love to see for society overall is that we figure out ways to give um to tap into just our natural creativity our our innate creativity and I I think that if we give ourselves room to do those things then a lot of the challenges we see um, can be resolved in a pretty um, sustainable way. If we give ourselves room, and there's there's a book, um, I was looking for it, I have it here somewhere, um, but it talks about radical dreaming and radical imagination. And, you know, as another kind of foundational is uh, Freedom Dreams, The Black Radical Imagination by Robin D.G. Kelly. Um, but imagining the society and the world and the life and the the goals and the dreams that you want to see. And this is at a personal level, world level, work level, whatever level you feel like it, it's just relevant 
um, giving yourself that space and room to dream of what you want to create is immensely powerful. And shame just, it becomes, it, it turns the dream into a nightmare. Yeah. It, it, it turns yeah. it, it's like the sand that, um, the, the, what was that? Um, that, the holiday movie with, um, Jack Frost and the Easter oh, bunny. Of uh, uh, is it Rise of the, not Rise of the Guardians? No, what is I it? I think it was. It was something with the Guardians. Yeah, okay. but you know what I'm talking about. I'll look it up. I think it's Rise Sam- of the Guardians. <laughs> the Sandman would come in and he'd turn little kids' dreams. Yeah, that's Rise scary. of the Guardians. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rise of the Guardians. And the, the the nightmare guy, the Sandman, would come in. Kids are having great dreams about running, frolicking through meadows and whatnot. And then the Sandman comes in and he turns it into a nightmare where like a horse attacks him or something crazy like that. So that's what shame does. It <laughs> attacks your ability to dream. It attacks your ability to um, to realize your dreams as well. So, you know, I I really, I really am glad that I've been able to to take the time for myself to process those things. Um, and, you know, and I set my intentions, like every birthday I get closer to milestone birthdays. And, um, if I'm blessed and fortunate, I will have many, 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 many more birthdays. So this phase of my life, I'm really thinking intentionally about, um, how I want the remaining years of my life to look Mm. and, and what I want it to be like. I want to frolic a lot. I want bubbles. <laughs> I want butterflies. I want flowers. Like I want beauty around me. I want music. I want laughter. I want joy. Um, notice none of those things included anything dealing with with job outcomes. Mm. But and it's not to say that that a job or or work won't be a part of that. But I'm seeking a different dimension of fulfillment out of the rest of my life so everything is purpose-driven everything is um geared in that direction of of just living my best life and being bringing my whole self to to the things that I do and what I experience and to the people around me you have been talking about frolicking a lot lately I love frolicking. I saw a video again. Instagram, Instagram is good for something. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I saw a video of black boys frolicking in a field, and I was like, "This is the uh, man." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that ain't gangster. We don't do that. <laughs> it was just, and it was like the sun shined brighter. The grass was greener. You know, those (laughs) moments where people just have joy, like I saw the video um, on LinkedIn where uh, NYU had the the inmate, the prison um, program graduation. And yeah, it's debate about the, you know, the finances and all those other things. What I've, what, what caught me was the joy, Mm -hmm. the joy of Mm -hmm. those families, the joy of those, of the inmates who, for whatever reason, were where they were they got that moment of joy being able to graduate mm-hmm. with an associate's degree from NYU. Mm-hmm. Like that, 
joy joy has this this just just amazing healing and creative power so i just i just want joy um that's that's what i'm i'm pushing for in in at every level so okay hold on sorry <laughs> deliver more joy to halim <laughs> all right and it's I, on the I, list and joy. i told you how to get there bubbles <laughs> butterflies <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the Instagram post you're talking about was hilarious. It, it was this brother, and he was in the field with his phone, and he was like, "Oh, so this is what it's like to frolic." And I was like, "Yeah, it is, yeah, huh, frolicking, like, huh. like black That's people frolicking. That is a revolutionary. Like you don't see that. We and and in a world where where the narrative around people of color." marginalized people is a narrative of of just embedded hardship and toiling and, mm-hmm. and whatever all these other things to see and somebody, stories of shame and guilt <laughs> and stories of shame and guilt to yeah. see us free like it you it looked like chains was falling off of him in that video to me yeah so, yeah, yeah it, it, it meant so much so yeah oh, thanks for bringing this topic this is a this was cool this was a good conversation Thank you for letting me come back. You're welcome. <laughs> HR is finished. HR is finished with the paperwork. Now oh. you should. Now you can feel no shame because HR is finished with the paperwork. <laughs> I am that? fully re. I'm fully reinstated. Thank you, and I've <laughs> and I've done all the things to make sure that I'm eligible to be reinstated. So see this. The see the process. See how it okay. works. All right. Okay. So we'll see you in the next ten episodes when you come back. Ten episodes from now leave the audience just hanging we'll see no no there'll there'll be more i'm i'm also paying more attention to the things that inspire me so hopefully (laughs) i'll have some more some more inspiration coming yeah you gotta share that share that with the people i do we gotta get these downloads up too so yeah come share that Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And last thing, I've had locks since I've been gone and cut them back off. <laughs> so you can't even tell I was gone. <laughs> Make sure that you go to eddiefrancis.com and uh, you check out past episodes of 4-Hour Edification. It's available on your favorite podcast platform. All right? Make sure you uh, download the podcast. Um, and make sure you rate it, you share it with friends, all that good stuff. And of course, you know, there are a couple of versions of this, right? So you have the audio version. And then if you're watching it right now, then clearly you are watching it on YouTube. <laughs> so make sure that you go with all of these versions for our edification. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining.